What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today, Sean and I have a Monday rundown for you here on a Thursday. Sean will explain later on in the pod why it took till Thursday to do it, but we had a lengthy one today. We jumped right in. We talked Yankees and MLB first following that Domingo Herman perfecto. After that, we talked NBA free agency draft and trades, and then we finished it off with a little golf. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, and we will be talking to you soon. Enjoy the pod. Everybody and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Tom, I am back. Uh, you know the behind-the-scenes drill of what my traveling week has been. But, dude, we are now back, and it is good to talk to you, man. How are you? Hey, man, I missed you. Um, I'm glad we're getting this one in. Yeah, man, tough travel week for everybody. I mean, I saw that some of the PGA Tour guys had to drive from wherever that was in Connecticut up to Detroit because of the weather, so... I mean, you weren't the only one. I guess we could say that. Oh, fuck no. Actually, almost, I think actually, yes, every member of my family that traveled to Connecticut had at least one mishap with their with their either uh, departing flights or arriving flights in terms of cancellations or uh, baggage lost or several. <sighs> several uh, I'd rather several my flight days. gets canceled than my baggage gets lost. I know, man. That's definitely one of those where it's like my, my poor cousin, Julie, she's flying in from Denver. You know, she gets in Friday, wedding Saturday. Um, she misses the ceremony because the, the person uh, coming with her bags was getting there like an hour before. So she had to change into like a dress. It was just a shit show. But uh, we made it through, man. I'll have to catch you up on everything. Yeah, for sure, man. I hope I hope at least in the interim and in the in between the flights it was a good time. Always good to see the family, man. Whether it's stressful or whether you're it was all the extra time was planned or not, you know, being down here, I think I've seen my parents three times in two years, so always good to get that time. Yeah, you know what? Look at it as a glass half full. You got to spend a little extra time with them. Exactly. And I got a couple extra days up there and uh Always nice to be back home. I wish I could have seen your lovely face. But I know. We tried to make it work yesterday, but I was sick, and you were basically you know, a zombie at that point probably. But that's okay. I mean, I wish we could have given you some of those beautiful East Coast summers that you talk about so glowingly, but unfortunately, we just gave you thunder, lightning, and rain. <laughs> yeah, and fucked up flights. Yeah, well, that's probably because of the thunder and lightning. Exactly. But, Hey, the sports world went on, and and there is there's some there's a good chunk of shit to talk about. There really is, dude. I was kind of making like a just a running log on a notes tab on my phone, just being like, all right, I got to make sure we don't forget about this, we don't forget about this. Just time goes by fast in this ever evolving world of ours. Absolutely. All right, what are we talking about first here? All right, you you said we got to lead with this, and you're a hundred percent right. Tom. I said, should we, even though he's a wife beater? And yes, the answer is yes, and I think we can get into all of the nuance that comes with Domingo Herman, of all people, 
throwing a fucking perfect game last night. I didn't see a single pitch of it, dude. I was asleep by nine o'clock. Same here, uh, brother. I, I <laughs> woke up. We call ourselves a Yankees pod. We missed every pitch. Michaela is the only person I know that actually fucking watched that game. Props to Michaela. She just continues to be the MVP. Um, I woke up and actually saw the JJ pod of like the Twitter spaces. Domingo to her mom throws a perfect game. And that's at like two 15 in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I dreaming? Like, there's no way this could be right. And yeah. then I saw him, so he did it. That's kind of how I felt when I texted you and just wrote, holy shit, this morning. I saw Michaela's text and I was like, what the fuck? But then I saw it was against Oakland and I was like, honestly, like you should probably take your phone off you know, silent because you and I might be getting a call to bat fucking third and fourth for Oakland. They really are fucking abysmal. I think, but, that, uh, honestly, I mean, listen, history is history. It's still, to get 27 outs in a row, it's still a tremendous accomplishment. It, it's awesome. I wish I saw some of it, but, like, this may be the worst team ever. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at a lot of those really, those other games and those other teams that got perfect games thrown against them. But, I mean, you think about, like, the ones I remember, like Wells and Cone, and even though that, Minnesota team and the uh, Expos at the time were not great. I mean, you had some, you had some legit guys in those lineups. This, this is a team full of quadruple layers. Yeah, I, I think you're being pretty generous by saying that too. <laughs> I mean, outside, I, I watched, I watched like a sped up version of the game, and I, I think outside of the diving catch that Rizzo made, which you know every perfect game or every no hitter seems to have one play that stands out, and that was the one for me. Outside of that, I don't really think there was any balls that were like 50-50 could have been a hit balls. No, they said that was the hardest hit ball, and it wasn't even close. Um, he struck out nine guys, a lot of weak contact. And what was really fascinating about this dude was I, on my flight out of uh, New York, uh, or out of Austin to New York, I had an hour before the draft started, and on the TV on the plane, they had the Yankee Mariner game as the MLB network game of the day. So I was like, sweet, I'll watch an hour of this, and then I'll go to the draft. And Herman started that game, and it was like 7 nothing after 2. And I was, and that was after he got rocked his previous start. So I'm thinking, you know, this guy is only going to make one or two more starts until Rodon comes back. Uh, but, man, he that, – that was – that was absolute domination. I, like you, I watched the sped-up version of the game. He, he was in complete control. I think he only had a three-ball count to one guy, and that was in the eighth. Yeah, I mean, if there's a team where you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to throw the ball, even if it's even if it's an off-speed pitch, I'm just going to aim middle-middle and just let them hit it, this is the team to do it against. No, 100%. And it's been weird, man, because pre- previous to these those last two starts, Herman actually, we were texting. We had a lot of conversation about it. He was actually pitching really fucking well and getting deep into games and a lot of weak contact. And then he was just getting bludgeoned. So you weren't sure if he was going to turn it around or not. But my God, did he did he ever? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, how much how much grain? How many grains of salt are we taking this with? Because it's Oakland. I mean, because if it was a no hitter, I probably would. Yeah, but it's a perfect game. I mean, yeah. didn't even it still takes. Guy. It's it's still like a legit accomplishment. I mean, bro, it's only the twenty fourth time it's ever happened. Major League Baseball's been being played for over one hundred and fifty years. I know, and baseball's had quite a resurgence this year. And I don't know, maybe I haven't listened to enough radio. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but it feels like I think you text me before this. It's a moment in time. I feel like 
I feel like yeah. it's just kind of going to pass us by. Like, I'm not going to be bouncing my kid on my knee talking about how upset I, or my grandkid on my knee talking about how upset I was that I missed the Domingo Herman perfect game. Yeah, I mean, I think back to some of the other ones. Like, remember Philip Humber with the White Sox that did it? And no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, so like he was a former Met top prospect that kind of bounced around a little bit, and he threw one. I think it was in like 2011 or 2012. But most of the names of guys that throw them are brand names. I mean, Felix Hernandez had the last one. We know how dominant he was in his time. Yep. Obviously, Matt Cain was really, really good too. Um, the only other – I mean, you have that random, and then I would throw out that Dallas Braden is a random. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. I don't think he made any all-star teams or really made, like, any noise. I mean, he was always around. I know him. I think he's – honestly, I'd say he's more famous now because he's, like, a media personality than he ever was as a baseball player. I think Dallas Braden also only struck out three guys in his perfect game. And he did that for the A's. So maybe it's that ballpark. Well, I mean, Catfish Hunter had the first one going back to, I think, the late 60s. Um, when first one ever? Like, the first one ever uh, for Oakland. Oh, I didn't know if it was. I'm, I'm trying to think who threw the first perfect game. It was probably somebody like Cy Young or Walter Johnson or something. Yeah, but they were also. I mean, they were probably pitching to the the Oakland A's of this year. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to them. <laughs> no, but I think that's a fair point. I also think too is Domingo Herman, and we can have this conversation. Is a really tough guy to look at. Hey, I mentioned just his on the field issues. I feel like he's always been an enigma with Yankee fans. Is he's had stretches of being a really legitimate, you know, middle tier starter in a rotation, and he's had times where he's been absolutely fucking awful. But then, of course, you've got the sticky stuff this year, but nothing even more worse than serving a half a game suspension for domestic violence. At a, half at a season, half dinner. season, half season, right? Yeah, you said half a game. I'm like, ah, he, he definitely served oh, more than that. <laughs> no, half, half a season, my fault. Yeah. Go on, sir. No, so I was just going to say, like, because it was half a season. So that's – I don't think any Yankee fans or any baseball fans look at him with any semblance of reverence and being like, what a great story this is. No, I'm, it's tough. I mean, honestly, I li- before that happened, I really liked Herman. I kind of looked at him as like a Jordan Montgomery type. His stuff moves a lot. He's got great breaking stuff. Um, he's just been a little bit of a head case at times. Yeah. Listen, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I think. I think he's going to go on a run now. You know what was funny, man? Is I was thinking because yeah, obviously David Cohn was really, really good with the Yanks and had a great career, maybe borderline Hall of Fame career. That '99 season, that was the only game he won in the first four months of the year. Wow. People forget, huh? Including me. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, it baseball is so weird, man. Like, can you think of another sport where like you can just be dog shit for two weeks or something, and then all of a sudden have like the best performance of your life, or you know, in statistical categories? I don't know. I mean, the only thing I guess. Maybe in the NBA playoffs, uh, some rando goes off for, you know, has the game of their life. But outside of that, no. But even then, like, I don't think you're getting, I mean, you take your random bench guy and and, and they drop 65. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. 15. I guess it would have to be like, that's basically, yeah, the equivalent, I would say. 
Do you think this uh, perfect game should be celebrated? Because I totally agree with your sentiment. I was like, wow, that's fucking cool. Do you think it would have been different if we actually watched it and was like riding with the emotions of it? I mean, yeah, I, I, obviously, you know, you and I don't feel great about this Yankee season and they're facing the fucking joke Oakland Athletics. But like, yeah, I think if the game didn't wasn't against Oakland and it didn't start at 930 and we and we actually watched the game, I definitely would be a little more hyped because I would have had some skin in the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And also, I think if it was somebody like Cole, who is as good as it gets, and you would have liked to see a guy who's... Because let's be honest, when Cole when Cole pitches a great game, he's dominant. He doesn't have any of these six and two-thirds, two strikeouts, you know, four walk games. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different experience. I mean, but that's the thing is that Herman having nine Ks, I mean, he threw a lot of ground balls. So that's the only reason why he was even in that game in the analytics era where he kept his pitch count down enough to where it was, he was only at like, what, 93 pitches? Yeah, 99 he finished. Total, yeah. Going into the, going into the last inning, it was 93 pitches. Like, Cole, given the amount of pitches that he throws just based off swings and misses and whatnot, I don't even know if he could get to the ninth inning at this point unless he's, like, really on. Yeah, I think he had a complete game earlier this year. He's usually good for, like, one or two of those a season. But you're right. There's also a lot of foul balls. I mean, that's the one thing about Herman is his stuff moves so much. And I'm not saying he's a better pitcher than Cole, obviously. But he does create a lot of weak contact, and he pitches behind and counts a lot. That when he does pitch well and has a good tempo, you could see why the Yankees have stuck with him through all of his trials and tribulations. Absolutely. Um, but again, with that being said, I think we've talked about it enough. I'm excited for Rodon to come back. <laughs> I fucking am too. Um, so it sounds like Nestor's a little bit further away. I think we see Rodon early to mid next week. So whose rotation spot does he take, Schmitz or Hermans? How sm- honestly, I haven't really paid much attention because I'm depressed about the Yankees. I know that's bad podcast by me, but like, get over it. Um, How's Schmidt been pitching? His last five to six starts have been much, much better. Today he went, I want to say, six innings. He gave up three runs. Um, He's been better, but we've seen – the reason I ask you is we've seen him pitch well out of the pen. Herman, to me, has always been more of a starter than a reliever, but I wonder if you feel it differently. No, I agree. I I don't – I don't ever really remember having a big moment of Herman coming out of the pen. I remember a couple with Clark Schmidt. I think that I think Herman is a starter and Schmidt is a spot starter. So I think he just based off that in my brain, you you would you would lean Herman to remain. You and I are going to be on the same page with that. We'll see what happens. Um, definitely excited to see Rodon. I think he's making his last minor league start tomorrow. Um, you know, by the time most people hear this pod and. Hopefully all green light point to him in the Bronx next week. Um, let's skip across town. I think we talked that to death. The Yankees did take two or three from the uh, from the lowly A's. Um, two or three Steve is Cohen, a joke, by the way. You, you got to take. You got to sweep. I mean, they lost the first game two to one. I know you hate when I say that, and I know, and I know, no, no matter what, it's, it's hard true. to sweep. But I mean, Oakland's a fucking joke. You need to make a statement and say we're still here. But okay, two or three, fine. Let's talk Mets. I don't hate that. I don't hate it, by the way, when it comes against the A's who have 21 wins. Um, but yeah, Steve Cohen, bro, he broke his silence. And I thought his press conference was a little interesting. Did you take anything away from it or did you listen to any of the recaps? 
I mean, I read a few press clippings, if you will. Um, I mean, I think he's. I don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody's for sale. I guess I think they're more. I think he's a buyer. See, when I listen to what he said, he's trying to build a culture, and that's why he's not making these impulsive firings um, with the Showalter or an Epler. Because really, what does that do, right? Aside from the fans, and we we yell about it all the time, fans should not be dictating the team. You'd like to you'd like the organization to have a little finger on the pulse about what the fan base is saying. But at the end of the day, you can't make your decisions based off of that. And when you look at a lot of these games the Mets lose, whether it be their bullpen or their inability to hit or you know starting pitching not going too deep, there's really nothing that you can look at Showalter and you know Showalter in particular being like this guy sucks. He's lost it. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. There's a couple of very questionable moves by Showalter, but. When they're winning and he makes those same moves, nobody has anything to say. The game Sunday in Philly was a heartbreaker if you're a Mets fan because they had that game won and he just refused to go to Robertson where, hey, man, that's a game. You can't be playing the long game here. you got to snatch every victory. And instead of winning two of three in Philly, you lost two of three. Um, you know, those are those are games you're not getting back because you're seven or eight games behind or out of, uh, out of 500 now. Yeah, no. I mean, you got to treat. I hate to say this, but you got to treat every game like it's like a game seven, right? Oh, there's no question about it. There's no question about it. It's shit or get off the pot time, as you like to say. Oh, I think shit or get off the pot time was like a week ago, maybe two. <laughs> I was like, you know, they did they've not fallen into the toilet. They they <laughs> fell in and they can't get out. Um, they need one of the life alert things. Those commercials, like yeah. somebody come get them. Those are classics. Um, no, oh, they were so great. So low budget and such awful acting. I loved every second of it. You know, they did not win a single series in June. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for a few teams, including the A's, we'd be talking about the Mets being terrible. I mean, the thing is, the A's suck on paper and in real life. The Mets are just a, a joke, a, just a complete travesty. They are. And I, I liked kind of, you know, my overall tenor that I got from Cohen was, He's not going to make any impulse decisions in terms of the manager, the general manager. There are players that he's probably going to go to and say, hey, like, if we're out of this thing, I think he used the term contingency plans, you know, would you be willing to waive your no trade? Or am I going to have to attach a young player? He's trying to build up this farm system, and I think the sooner he can get these guys playing every day, I know we've been talking about it, the better, but it's hard to do that when you came into the season with World Series aspirations. Yeah, and and it, it... It happened. It's just been bad since the beginning, and I don't know. I just think they were out of sorts because it just—and not to say it came out of nowhere, but it just happened so abruptly. You know, man. It, I I remember saying on the pod they had a little Brooklyn Nets feel to them. They're getting these guys, but there's not necessarily cohesion. Um, they're big names for sure, but you got to see it play out in baseball, even more than basketball or any other sports. You really got to see the product play out over 162. And this team just doesn't have whatever it factor is, tangible, intangible. They don't fucking have it. Yeah. No, and and you know what? I I know you listen to Simmons, and it made me really depressed when he had Jacko on. And you know, I this was this this perfect game was a nice little distraction. But over the last six years, I'm I'm very disappointed in the Yankees as well. <laughs> 
the biggest issue with the Yankees is they continue to sell it on World Series or bust, and they're not that. But you know what, man? The more I listen to Mets fans and the more I watch them, like the Mets and follow that team, I mean, this has been a bad stretch for the Yankees. Like, we are not enjoying this season at all. Judges hurt. They don't hit. But sneakily, they've now won four consecutive series. Or three consecutive series. I, I mean, and one against the Texas Rangers in a series where it didn't feel like they played well at all. And they took two of three against the first place team. So as bad as it's been for the Yankees, I can understand that fans being like, can you just shut the fuck up? Like, we don't <laughs> want to hear it from you. Yeah, but you know what? When the Mets are going good, that's when the Yankee fans go, can you just shut the fuck up? Well, that's true. Yeah. It's just like, dude, go back into your little corner. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, the Mets fans are they're they're scorned. They're it's it's I don't know what kind of syndrome it is, but it's just it's that every you know it's PTSD is what it is. It is because even when things are going well, like last year, they were the best team in the National League and at times the best team in baseball. But then they collapse in that last series against the Braves and then the Padres, and you just you're watching it all unfold in front of your eyes, and you know that this is not going to end well. I mean, as you know, I'm a closet Mets fan. I root for the team. I don't root for the fans. I love nothing more than when that happened. It felt great. Are you enjoying the Frank the Tank rants after every one of their losses? That guy, man, is hilarious. He needs to relax because he's his heart is going to explode. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him. Dude, I saw him one. He, like, ripped off his shirt. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Listen. Uh, I would love to have him on the pod. He seems like great, a great guy, and, and he produces some awesome content, but seeing him shirtless is something I don't need to see. It was uh, – it, it was it, – it's not what you want, as Joe Girardi <laughs> once said. Oh, well, it took you a while to get there, but it's not well, what you want. Well, I was want. trying to think of the right term, and then I was like, you know what? That's you know, unpleasant, unsavory. Those characteristics are, can be used as well. Um but he's funny. I always forget he was the famous. He went viral for the NJ Transit. Rant. Yeah, because he was trying to go to like the Devils game or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's what got him famous, and now he works at Barstool. So maybe you need to have a couple more rants. No, they got to be organic for me because you're right. With him, it's like after every game, and I'm like, dude, you're you're pushing easily 350. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, well, have that you ever watched any that. of the meals that he makes? No, I haven't. There was this one meal called salt potatoes. That seems a bit redundant. Well, yeah. I mean, he just boiled a bunch of potatoes and dumped like an entire bag of salt in it and then ate them. And I was like, oh, my God. Yo. (laughs) You honestly, you could tell me he's 60 or you could tell me he's 25. And I'd be like, oh, absolutely. Either way, he's going soon. I hate to say it. Don't say a premature R.I.P. Frank the Tank. Yeah, well, welcome on the pod. Welcome on the pod. Welcome on the pod. He's he's doing all right. Maybe he can welcome us on whatever barstool thing he's got going on. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, cross promotion there. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of cross promotion, we did go on Phillips's pod. I think that was after ours. Um, so if anybody wants to check that out, just send the suffering. That was beautifully done. God, you're a pro. Thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We talked NBA. Speaking of which, we're going to talk NBA right now. You like that? Doubling up on the segues here. I mean, you're, I'm waiting for you to just get to the to the holy <laughs> trinity here. You're killing it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. We're only 22 minutes in. Um, 
All right, the first thing you put here on the list, um, I, I maybe we'll skip it because I don't want to talk about it if it's going the way the questions you might ask me, and that's a potential James Harden trade. Well, I think you can wipe your Knicks off of there. He, he was on – I saw Woj put that in the tweet. I mean, he's not going to the Knicks. The Knicks don't want him. That would be he's so classic. That would be like classic Isaiah Thomas, who I might become friends with because he does uh, play at the golf course that I play at all the time. Um but I can't become friends with him because I hate him because he ruined the Knicks for years there. Um, but that would be such classic, like, 2000s Knicks. And it's just like we're not going to take all these steps forward just to take them all back, right? You got nothing to worry about. First of all, just from a pragmatic standpoint, you've got your lefty point guard who can shoot and create. So that's really what Harden is in, his, in this point in his career. So you don't need him. And then also – he was well on record of saying he did not love living in New York. Now I know Brooklyn and the city are two very different things. And we don't know where he lived though. I mean, come on. He makes a lot of money. He probably probably lived lived. in Tribeca or some, some place like that. But like for whatever, he he seemed like he didn't love living in in the city. So yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, there's New York. I know it's the city that never sleeps, but it's not really known for its, its strip joints, you know? No, it's not. No, you you need that southern hospitality. It's a classic loves, city, so, yeah. a classy city. It is a classy city. Most Although of, um, I will tell you, yeah. in Brooklyn, I did watch someone sit shit in the street once. Oh yeah, whereabouts? Oh, that was out in like fucking like Bed Stuy. It, was, it wasn't yeah. in a good part. I was gonna say you weren't seeing that in Williamsburg. No, but it was weird because it was a it was a guy walking with his wife and his son, and he and his wife handed him a tissue to wipe his ass. It was unbelievable. Sometimes, man, you just can't help it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, where where were we? <laughs> <laughs> no, that little anecdote's a very important. Uh, so anybody wondering about Brooklyn, don't ask Tom. Um, yeah. But, no, I think the last part of it, too, is, listen, why would the 76ers trade him in division to the Knicks? Like, is there anything the Knicks could possibly give them of so much more value that would entice them to do that? The only reason they did the trade with Brooklyn was because they both had parts they had to move. So, The thing I'm more surprised about is that he opted in in the first place because I thought he would opt out and try and get more of a long-term deal. Okay, so I would have thought the same, but apparently, according to Windhorse, there's like no market for him. As far as there's no team that wants to give him the four-year deal. And the reason it's more enticing now is he cannot become an unrestricted free agent um, until after next season. So whoever gets him in a sign-and-trade is getting him as a one-year deal, which is much more enticing for teams. And the reason why Philly isn't just picking up that option is because they'd be murdered by the tax? Well, they're, they're hoping to facilitate it to get more pieces to, to, to surround Embiid because we've even known, I mean, this roster, if he doesn't want to be there, uh, then you got to trade him. And there will be teams that have, I mean, right now it seems like the Clippers are that team, right? And they have some, some deals with guys like Marcus, Marcus Morris and uh, uh, a couple other guys that they could just add there, including some picks. So, so you're saying the Clippers are in the catbird seat for Harden? That's what it's looking like well, right now, man. let me just say this. He's not a winning player, but at least he plays. Yep. <laughs> at least at least you have a star that plays. I sent you that Jerry West video, by the way, right? 
Yeah, he did. <laughs> just flaming PG right to his face and Paul George right just to his sitting there. Face. Yeah. You know, I wish you and uh, Kawhi played more games, but. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. But, yeah, it, it is very interesting. And, and this honestly leads me to Kyrie on top of this. Because mm-hmm. there's no market for Harden. Say what you want about Harden. Kyrie's even more of a pain in the ass. So I wonder what the market's going to be looking like for him. You know, I've seen this floated out too, is if Philly moves on from Harden, I mean, Kyrie could investigate that situation a little bit. If they have a mid-level exception, I could definitely see it happening. Well, if they're not paying that money to Harden, I mean, they can give Kyrie something in that three three year neighborhood. That's a really good way to entice Joel Embiid to stay. Yeah, right. Hey, look what we got. <laughs> yeah, it's like, What's crazy to me, man, is, you know, obviously Durant is is taken care of in Phoenix. The Nets could still have all three of these guys under max contracts right now. And you're looking at Harden and Kyrie who might – the only way that they – I mean, Harden's really only got a one-year deal, I think, or maybe the team that acquires him in a side and trade gives him like one or two more years on top of that. But Kyrie, I mean, if he doesn't take the Dallas deal – he is looking at the mid-level exception. And yeah. the Dallas deal, they're not going to outbid themselves. No. Kyrie, honestly, though, it, it if you just look at Kyrie as the player, which I know is extremely hard to do, that looks really good in Philly. Yeah. No, it does. But obviously you can't do that. I We need to have somebody on here to explain this new CBA to me, unless you could do it, because the cap is going to go up because there's going to be more revenue into the league. But with this second apron thing, it's like the cap doesn't even matter because nobody wants to spend any money. Yeah, you get absolutely killed for the luxury taxes now. So what's the point of the cap going up if you can't spend any more money? Well, the point is to be more strategic with your roster. Mm. They don't They don't want teams to have three – because what was happening across basketball was a couple of teams you know, um, were trying to build these big threes but they could never fill out the rest of the roster, which was form- forcing these other players to basically not have jobs. You're taking two or three or four teams out of the equation. I mean, even the last couple of years alone, you've had the Lakers, you had the Clippers, you had the Nets. That literally couldn't afford anybody else outside of their main three guys. Um, and Boston, as we know, is going to be entering that that universe soon. So it's, it should be it's supposed to be better for the middle class, but now this middle class is going to – start commanding money that's way up the ass. So basically the luxury tax penalties for these owners and and the capologists is going to be absurd. Speaking of trifectas, you ready for the third one? Oh, I'm fucking ready. Let's do it. Speaking of Boston, let's talk about the Porzingis trade. Boom. There it is. I don't know if I'm just playing good point guard today, but you are, you are just killing it. You're throwing me easy, easy layups, not lobs for me. I cannot get up anymore, but they're layups. (laughs) I might be able to clap the backboard. We'll take it. All right, man. Uh, Let's get your thoughts on it first. What do you think of the KP trade? Uh, Remember the first one fell apart. First one fell apart due to, I believe Malcolm Brogdon's horrendous medicals, which is weird because it's like, dude, this guy had questions coming out of the draft. We all know what we're, you know what you're trading for here. Um, but I guess maybe they were even worse than they had thought or somebody didn't get a physical in time. Regardless, Marcus Smart's going to Memphis. You know I fucking wanted him, but yep. I didn't want to pay that price for him. Yeah, um, and honestly, that's a really good landing spot for him with Ja. 
Oh, ahead. I love it. I love it. He yeah. can. He's solid playmaker. He's going to hold down the fort for the 25 games that Jaws suspended, and then he can slide in at the two guard, and honestly, he can be a much better version of Dylan Brooks. So I love that. I love that too. Um, who's the – I'm drawing a blank. The point guard that, that Memphis sent out. Tyus Jones. Jones. Yeah, that he went to Washington. I mean, he's that, another guy. That is – you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of a team in the MLB that signs a guy to a one-year deal that, you know, there's no reason for him to, but it's just like, oh, they're going to get a bunch of prospects for him at the trade deadline. That's how I feel about Tyus Jones. Washington, I think, is going to make that move with this new GM and then very smartly try and trade him at the next trade deadline or, or a year a, from now. That's a great comp. Yeah, you saw teams like the Orioles and the Pirates and teams like that over the last couple of years always having like that one guy everybody wanted come late July. Exactly. Yeah, so I feel like that's with Tyus Jones where him and Poole are really going to – There's it's pretty much – just them and a bunch of young guys, and, and they're really going to be able to cook out there and put up some big numbers. And I think Poole's there to stay just because he's on that big, fat deal. But I, I do think that Tyus Jones is going to be a really sweet trade piece whenever he's eligible to be traded again, and he's going to put up great numbers. I love him as a more than a, more than a backup point guard, but less than like – a starting point guard. I, I just I really like the player. And then honestly for Boston, I I if he can stay healthy, I like this Porzingis trade a lot. I, I think Smart, he's been there for like almost ten years. They needed to make a change because they at this point for them, I think it's championship or bust. And I think Derek White needed to play more minutes, and now you don't have an option of jerking him around. He's going to play 35 to 38 minutes. And honestly, Robert Williams is glass, and Al Horford is 100. So Porzingis is just another guy you can throw into the mix, not to mention the fact that, I mean, just look at his matchup with Embiid. Embiid's not going to be able to stand in the middle of paint and block shots anymore. That's a great point. I like this trade a lot for Boston. My questions, though are going to go a little bit more to kind of like my thought process of I'm not going to get fooled again, like I said last year after the Udoka thing, where it's just like, oh, whatever, they're still so good. They'll figure it out. And Marcus Smart, for whatever you want to say about him, and he is a flawed player. He's not what he was last year when he won Defensive Player of the Year. But, you know, he really is the heart and soul of that team that sometimes feels like they're really lacking that killer instinct. Tatum has it on his on nights, uh, but we know Brown kind of has that lackadaisical look even when yeah. he's really good and I also, then, uh, I also uh, think that they don't have any emotion sometimes some of those sure. players seem kind of monotone players absolutely true and and I don't know if Porzingis is, is an alpha type guy but on the other side of the coin is you do have a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who you have to appease basically saying we tried to trade you and now well welcome back I guess uh, we can't move you because nobody wants you because your medical sucks so, and it's not like he had a bad year he won six man of the year a hundred percent. So uh, I, there are those things, and already you have the co- the coaching issue. Um, I want to see what that situation looks like in Boston because, on paper, this trade should be a big time win for them, but sometimes it goes beyond that, man. Yeah. Um, but also, I think this might free up a little cap room for them to be able to go out and get another guard, or maybe Pritchard just plays more. Maybe he's. You know, maybe he's more of a player than than they give him credit for. 
it's entirely possible. I mean, we've seen him have some really good moments for them. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, all right, you ready to move on to the next trade? Yeah, let's do it. Chris Paul. CP3. I, um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but I just maybe I threw it out there as just kind of like a hypothetical, but it actually happened. Um, how do you feel about this move? I don't get it from Golden State's point of view. I I mean, I was okay with trading pool. I was, I, I especially because now all signs point to Draymond resigning. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's even taking meetings with any other teams. So um, if you're doing that, you obviously couldn't bring Jordan Pool back. But I don't know, man. I, I don't really see how Chris Paul fits this team unless I'm just missing something that you're seeing. I mean, for me, if you look at it as the body of work that Chris Paul has put together over the last... You all right over there? Is that jet lag yeah, cough? We're, yeah, we're good. Um, You know, his entire career, yes, of course, Paul, dominant player, whatever. But I think if Chris Paul is willing to accept a new type role in the Warriors infrastructure, and he definitely has the basketball IQ to do it, it's more willingness than anything else, I think he's going to take... A tremendous weight off Curry, and not to mention Curry's going to take that whole team and the way they run things is going to take a weight off of him, be able to keep him healthy, keep him around for the playoffs. Also, he's a fucking dog when he plays on defense, so Curry's not going to have to put in nearly as much effort on defense. Um, I I really do think it can work, especially if they stagger his minutes properly. Um, and And for me, I'm just rooting for it so heavily because... I, you, I say it all the time. CP3 is like that last guy of my childhood. Mello never got it. CP3 is like my last guy that, you know, his poster was on my wall, whatever you want to say. And I just, I'm begging for him. I don't care at this point if you want to call it a fucking Gary Payton ring, whatever, it, you know, your theory your or your, your you know, whatever you say about him not being, you know, your, your go-to guy at point guard, point God. I get it. I agree with it. But I do want to see him get a ring. Yeah, at this point in his career, I really have no problems with this decision at all. I really don't. And and again, decision, he was traded. Um, but I'm sure he told Washington, like, I, w- I would go there. I have no problem with it at all. I just really want to see it work. And for all the reasons that you just broke down, I could, it, yes, I could see that. Um, but I just don't know. Uh, it's, I really, I really want to see it in action. I want to see him in minutes with, with Steph. I want to see him be the orchestrator of the second unit. Um, I want to see him and Clay play off, play together. I mean, for what they're looking to do, he is a better fit for that team than Jordan Poole is because Jordan Poole just didn't match their timeline. Chris Paul now matches this timeline. They basically, what do you think, man? Is this their last year to two year window with this core to see if they can win? It's gotta be. It's yeah. gotta be. So I, w- I will say this, and you can I, I'm gonna be the first to say this. Jordan Poole will average twenty eight points a game next year, and he will have a sixty point night. You heard it here first. I think he has multiple sixties. I think he Whoa, has two. That's yeah. crazy. Okay. Dude, he's gonna shoot all the time. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I so think, I, I, I don't and think why it's not? crazy to say that. No, I, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Getting forty in the NBA really isn't that hard now. If he shoots the ball thirty-five times a, a night, he'll run into two sixty-point games. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And then he might make a bid for an All-Star game. Hopefully, people are smart enough not to vote for him because he may score sixty points on thirty shots. Right. I mean, and and you know how much I love my boy Camp Thomas. 
he has a lot of Jordan Poole in him. He doesn't do anything else. He needs a lot of shots to score. But, uh, you know, he, he's, when he is on, I mean, he's a prolific three-level scorer. Yeah, absolutely. But there's nothing else there. Nothing else. He's there. a Rucker Park I, player. That's like yeah, that's, that's what I call that. That team's gonna win twenty five games. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they're tanking. They're tanking at the perfect time, right after when Benyama gets drafted. So stupid. Eh. Such a poorly run team. Better late than never, I guess. It is, but they also have a new GM, and you can't fault him for you know. You know, no, I, I, the, I, the I, mistakes of the past. I applaud him for getting in the owner's ear and saying, "I'm not taking this job unless you let me." restart this and they're getting some assets i mean shit maybe pool and uh and jones play really well together and and that's your backcourt now for the next four years yeah you never know you never know um it happened man the long <laughs> the long torturous journey has ended John talk about collins. talk about another <laughs> stupid franchise john collins is now on the utah jazz for a second rounder and I forget the player that Atlanta even got back. Yeah, well, I don't think that matters. No offense <laughs> to whoever that is. Better at I think basketball it's Rudy than Gay, me. Former UConn oh, great. Former UConn great. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would find it hard to believe over the last what four years that Collins has been on the trade block that there was never like a first round pick offer. I think it's the classic case. I mean, they have Yankee syndrome, overvaluing their own assets. Yankees are going to do that again, by the way. Of course they are. But whatever. We're done. I'm done talking about the Yankees, okay? Stop stop making me do it. <laughs> I just had to make that comp because it, it is true. I mean, for fuck's sakes, there easily were some first-rounders on the table. They easily could have gotten a player at a different position that would have complimented uh, Trey a little bit better. And, and they didn't do it. And this is what they had to settle for. And they're not done because they need to shed salary cap. DeAndre Hunter could be on the move. They might entertain DeJounte Murray. I mean, fuck, man. This team has really, really put themselves in a terrible situation. And I love how Simmons says this on his pod when he talks with Rosillo. This is a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago. But that was not an Eastern Conference Finals team, but they told themselves they were instead of being honest and saying we had to, we got through a Knicks team that was you know not nearly as good as we are seeding, and then they beat a broken Philly team. So, like, come on, you got to you got to be a little bit smarter with your self analysis. Hey, listen, I'm just glad it's not the Knicks doing these dumbass things like they used to, you know, trading for. Who the hell was it? Andre Bargnani because, you know, who's oh, going to yeah. pull Roy Hibbert away from the basket and shit like that. I'm, I'm just thankful it's not the Knicks. No, you guys are running your team quite well right now, I got to say. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I think, I mean, your boy uh, Josh Hart opted into his deal today. I think they'll try to extend that and make that a longer-term deal. I'm so okay with that. To go into other free agents. And sounds like DiVincenzo is on your radar, and he would be a pretty good fit, I think. Uh, yeah, I would, I would like a DiVincenzo, but we need a wing, man. We need a wing. We need wing scoring. We need more wing defense. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma is a little too expensive though. All right. Well, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to take my role here as, uh, as a little bit of a transition. We're going to segue into some free agents here and I'm going to ask you just a team. All right. I'm going to go up and down. These free agents as we are. Everybody about. keep in mind, I don't know the cap space situation and all that shit off the top of my head. So That's I'm just, fine. We're going to go fit. 
we're going to, we're going to fit and we're about 20 hours from the start of free agency. So let's see how accurate you are. Russell Shit Westbrook. free agency, by the way. Russell Westbrook. Clippers. Agreed. Chris Middleton. I think a team like Utah, maybe San Antonio make a run at him, but I think ultimately he resigns with the Bucks. Agreed with you right there. Kyrie Irving, baby. Dallas Mavericks. Possibly Philly now, possibly. Yeah, they're I think Philly's the dark horse, but I think all signs point to Dallas. Uh 100%. D'Angelo Russell. Do the Lakers want him back? I think the Lakers take him back. I think the Lakers end up, you know, with their hands in their laps, or or better analogy, they end up being the guy without the chair in musical chairs, and they settle for D'Lo standing in the corner. Yeah, you know, he does fit them okay. I know he had a horrendous last series, but for the most part, he played well with them. Um, Draymond back to Golden State, we agree on that. Yeah. Here's one for you. Fred Van Vliet. Hmm. Well, I don't think Toronto is going to re-sign him. I think he's absolutely not on that team. Um, let's see. I mean, obviously the picks, people are going to shout out uh, Utah and San Antonio because they have a shit ton of cap space. Does Miami figure out a way to get him there? Mm. I know that they're, that they're in cap hell, but if they can figure out a sign-and-trade... I think he's going to be a little pricey for them. My yeah. team's my team is Houston. Okay, yeah, I see that too. They they're another cap space team. I mean, there's not enough basketballs going. Fred Van Vliet would kill himself, but at least he has a ring. <laughs> exactly. Now get your bag, Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Brooke Lopez. Can Golden State afford him? No. no. I was going to say him and Draymond would be a fucking nightmare to go against. I would like that pairing. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun to watch. Especially because he can shoot Draymond can't, and they both play amazing defensively in different ways. Um, yeah. Mm, I don't think Milwaukee can afford him. I mean, I guess I'm just going to use the cop-out thing here, San Antonio. He's got the ring. Yeah, I'm gonna. it sounds like Houston's hot and heavy about him. A um, couple more here for you. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, this is an interesting one. I was hoping the Knicks, but I don't think so. That's that's Utah for me. They got the space. You know, I I, I really wonder what kind of deal he wants. Um, all this I, cap space being moved around, dude. He could go to Philly. Yeah, I, I, that that's an, that's a team that I was looking at. I'm also thinking of a team like Indiana or Detroit. Mm, he fits both of those teams well, especially Indiana. All right, Dylan Brooks, China. The whole country of China. <laughs> He's just going to play for every team. Do you then, think there's a team for him? Yeah, I do. I, I think I could see a team like Houston giving him a lot of money, or I could see a team like uh, Indiana giving him a lot of money. Okay, yeah, I think That's he goes. Just my thought. I think he goes to an irrelevant team. It's obviously he's not re-signing with Milwaukee. No. Um, all right, let's do these last two real fast. Uh, Bruce Brown. I think Denver finds a way. I'm going to say Dallas. Okay. And Bruce then Brown, I mean, you're basically getting a better version of Dorian Finney-Smith? Yeah. I mean, you, and they need that guy so bad, especially if they keep Kyrie. And then Rui Hachimura. Is he back in uh, in L.A.? Oh, yeah. 
I think yeah. I think LA is going to have meetings or whatever you want to call it and take swings at bigger names like if they can afford like Kuzma and, and some of these other guys and then they settle up and they just decide they just wave Mo Bamba. I think that they're just going to settle up and and bring Hachimura and Russell back. The last guy on my list is is just want to get your thoughts on it is if you're the Nets, I mean it sounds like a team The like Nets Detroit, are matching whoever whoever gives for Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson and deal. But do you think there gets to a price point where it becomes irresponsible? Like if Detroit gives him four years, 115, can you do that if you're the Nets? Or do you just say, fuck it and we'll shed some salary? I think the Nets would. I think the Nets would do it just because it's just been so crazy and they don't want to lose the asset. And he's getting better. Too. Ir- irresponsible year, is a good word because it may end up being irresponsible, but I I don't really look at can't, uh, him as an irresponsible player because I don't think the contract would ever become so big that it's untradeable. And I think that, like you said, he's already a good player and he's getting better by the, by the month, seemingly every time he plays. And I just think they'd be able to trade him whenever they wanted. Yeah, and he fits their timeline too with Bridges. I think you want to have those two guys – um, at least as you know, if you're attracting other players, you're saying hit them along with Claxton. This is our timeline, right? Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Okay. Um, we're not going to go up and down the NBA draft cause that takes too long and we don't feel like it, but what stood out to you, man? Let's start in the top 10 picks. Obviously when Benyama went one, were you surprised that Brandon Miller went two and Scoot went three? Yeah. I mean, that's classic idiocy. I mean, Michael Jordan's trying to sell the team, right? Mm-hmm. Go get uh, and I like Brandon Miller. I I honestly think he could be a six foot nine Paul George. I do. That's what I think his game looks like. But like Scoot is just. I feel like even though he's only six two, I think he's more of a sure thing. All the off the court shit just seems like it's golden, especially compared to Brandon Miller. And it's like, dude, you're trying to sell the team. Like, yep. Puts get somebody that's gonna put some asses in the seats, so that yeah, he, it's more enticing to the new owner, right? Absolutely true. Um, you know, kind of how I felt about when they got Lamelo. I was like, that's a perfect move because even if he doesn't turn out to be great, he's gonna put asses. He's in the a seats. story. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Thompson kids go back, back to back, four and five. They might what be. Unless I'm forgetting someone, and, and maybe you'll be able to point this out, they might be, I think they're poised to be the best twins of all time. Yeah, I think that's true. I can't think of other sets that are that were both lottery picks you know, in the top five. Yeah. I was a little surprised with Anthony Black going as high as he did to six in, in Orlando. Their guard position is really loaded. So unless they have a trade ready to go, I mean. Brooklyn should that, get on the phone tough. with them. We got wings, you got guards. Let's let's chitter chatter here. I'd be on I'd be on board with that if I could get Suggs. either yeah, if I could get Suggs or if I could even get a Cole Anthony on a on a not much of a not much of a trade, not giving up much, just taking from their surplus. I'd be I'd be into that. Um I think another pick that really was confusing to me was Would you uh, do sorry to interrupt you, it just popped into my head. Would you do a sign and trade of Cam Johnson for 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 Suggs and maybe a very heavily protected pick. I don't think I would. Mm. Maybe I I'm higher on Suggs. Maybe I think there's more. Maybe I think there's more there. I don't know. I loved him out of college, but he hasn't done anything super memorable. 
You used to learn how to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the other one that was interesting to me was uh, was uh, Wemby's teammate going all the way to seven. I thought he was going to be kind of more in that 11 to 14 range, but uh, I can't say his name. I'll say Bilal. Who took uh, him? OKC, right? No, Indiana did. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and he was traded to the Wizards. That's right. He was he was traded to the Wizards. So that, I guess the Wizards are saying, listen, we, we, we've already brought in uh, Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole. I mean, now we can get a little bit of size here. Is the Take a flyer. Point. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, those guys, those weird guys, always seem to, to work out. Um, the dude that fell all the way to Houston out of Villanova, that dude was a walking bucket. So I don't know if his medicals were bad or he, you know, I know the coach didn't talk him up, which I don't think is a very good thing. Even if you don't agree with it, I just think when you don't talk up your prospects, like a kid's coming into your program, pay attention to that shit. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And listen, you can walk me through he had bad meetings or bad workouts or his medicals suck and the coach didn't talk him up, what have you. If I'm drafting somewhere in that 15 range, I don't give a fuck because I'm not going to get killed if he doesn't work out. And if Mm -hmm. he does work out, I'm going to look like a gem. This guy was mocked at certain points all the way as high as four or five. So listen, I'm fine. If, if the Raptors don't do it with Grady Dick, he's going to fit in there. I mean, I'm looking even at a team like the fucking Mavs who traded with the Thunder and they took Derek Lively. Derek Lively has no place on the team this year. You just wasted the number 10 overall pick on a guy who's really not going to play. I mean, I think Jordan Hawkins for New Orleans was perfect. He fits that team really well for what they want to do, particularly if Zion's healthy. But I'm looking at like Keontae George, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Jaime Jaquez. I mean, the kid that... Golden State drafted out of Santa Clara. Jaime Hawkins got drafted by the Heat, though, so he'll probably be amazing. Yeah, that's true. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year, and everybody's going to be like, how the hell did he get to 18? But um, just like even in that range. Yeah, like I I don't know, man. I I feel like at that point you're just trying too hard to to continue to be the contrarian. Uh, I I think Houston struck gold here. I agree. All things are coming up. Houston, very young team, and I don't know. They might they might be selling off some of those guys. Jalen Green, I, I think he'd be quite an asset, quite a prize to have by a lot of teams, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I was I was disappointed. To see, I mean, my thing if I'm a GM, outside of the lottery, I'm literally going on ESPN 100 and being like, that guy was a five star. Draft him. Yeah, and, and and perfectly transitioning to what the Nets did. I mean, Noah Clowney out of Alabama, he fits kind of the profile of a Nick Claxton. He's a versatile center. He has a little bit more of an offensive game than Claxton does, but he still needs refining. But they took Derek Whitehead at 22, where a lot of people had him around the 27, 28 range, but that's only because of injuries. He was the number one player in the country Love out of that. high school. Uh, but he had two foot injuries. Now he's not going to be ready for summer camp, but he will, or for uh, summer league, but he will be ready for training camp. But this is a guy who shot 44% from three this year at Duke. And again, you're, you're taking the upside chance. And at 22 overall, yeah, there's some other guys that might have been safer picks there. But you just got a guy where if, if he pops and you have the developmental you know, skill set that the Nets have shown throughout Sean Marks' tenure, you, you could strike gold with him too. Absolutely. I mean, they have throughout Sean Marks' career, Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, Thomas. I mean, all these guys that they draft seem to be 
more than serviceable NBA players. So I, I you know, the Nets have had their checkered very recent history, but uh, at, when they draft, they do it well. Yeah, they at least seem to have a plan for everybody they draft, whether it be we're going to use you as a trade or we're going to keep you in the G League for a year or you're going to play sporadically. They do seem to have a plan, which I'm okay with. Uh, Was there anything else in the first round towards the back end that caught your eye? Well, I mean, you should be getting excited, by the way, because uh, Portland drafting Scoot, I mean, I think after free agency finishes up, there's going to be a little Dame talk, and you guys have the capital to give it up. You know, man, I, I we we talked about this with Phillips at length. I, I just I'm tired of the Dame speculation. I mean, the, he he met with the owner the other day, and they said we're committed to building this team around you still. So, I mean, if he says that's good and he's not going to demand a trade, I, I just don't see what's changing. Like, okay, you're going to give Jeremy Grant the the max. I mean, I didn't even mention him in our free agency talk. I didn't think there was any reason to. They're going to resign him, but. Who else is going there? He wants to play with Draymond. Draymond's not going there. The other big names are not going to go play in Portland. No offense to Portland. So it seems like, though, it is Miami that was the team that's going to go get him if he becomes available, not the Nets. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing with the NBA is everybody tries to pander to the superstars so that they have a chance. And and there needs to be more of your favorite words, spite, in the NBA because, you know, they're going to – if there is a trade – they're going to take a lesser deal from Miami to to do goodwill to Dame to maybe, you know, maybe he talks up Portland and then somebody wants to go there. Nobody wants to fucking go there. So stop doing that yeah, shit. It's 100%. so stupid when they do this shit to do them a favor. And, and two, it's like if you want to do it behind the scenes, that's fine with me. Negotiate in good faith and say this is where I want to go. Is there a way that we could make this work? And you get a third team involved. Like, make, I want to make sure I'm not screwing you. You know, kind of like what the Nets would do, did with Durant. I mean, forever it was, even after the Kyrie trade, I mean, you, know, you got all the woes tweets. The Nets are not trading Durant. They're telling teams they're not trading Durant. They were obviously going to trade him to Phoenix, because that's where he wanted to go. But they wanted to make sure that they were only negotiating with them and they were going to keep it quiet. And I feel like that's how it's going to be with Dane. I feel like we're going to keep reading all of these shams and woes reports saying that he's not being traded and that Portland won't move on from him. And then we're going to wake up at 3 in the morning and we're going to see that he's traded to the Heat for like Tyler Hero and two firsts. I know, and then you're going to fucking cry. No, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I understand that. I would love Dame. I would, but... Uh, obviously it's just I, if he's not going to be there he's going to be so fucking expensive man in not to mention years. I hope Dame's not a listener or if so I hope he skips the first 10 minutes of this pod because I talked about someone shitting in the street in Brooklyn that might That's be a turn off it might be man <laughs> don't say it to Cam Johnson we really need him back yeah. um, the last the last guy I really want to mention from the draft and I thought he couldn't have gone to a better team is my boy Andre Jackson going to uh the Magic drafted him, but they traded him to the Bucks. And I'm just thinking of him and the athleticism he has playing some minutes with uh, with Giannis. I feel like uh, that's such a good fit for him. I mean, the double big man pick and roll is going to be incredible because he's such a good playmaker, too. Yeah, he is. Now, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so I, I wish he went somewhere where I didn't have to root against him, but because of where the Nets are right now, they're not really contending. So it's yeah, not that you don't big. have to root against him, bro. He got you a chip. That's it, man. That's it. Um, all right. You want to finish up with a little bit of golf? Do you want to talk about it? 
<laughs> it's a rough week I, for I, you, Doc. I appreciate you uh, not not chiming in on Monday, but yeah, that was that was an ass whooping. Yeah, I I, uh, I fed you to the dogs there, pretty good. Um, so last week we had the TPC River Highlands uh, Travelers Championship uh, Birdie Fest, but. I don't know. Maybe they just need that. Too bad they can't lengthen that course because I think it would get a little more interesting if they did that. But a great finishing stretch. I think I'm going to commit to going to this tournament either this year or the next. And I think well, your you need to commit. Your cousin was there, right? Yes, my cousin was there um, and his kids were there. And I think apparently his son got on television because I don't know if he did it on purpose or whatever, but he his favorite player is Ricky Fowler and them, him and Ricky wore the exact same outfit. Oh, that's cool. On uh, on Sunday, so yeah, that's they got cool. their pictures with Ricky and with Rory. So that uh, that must have been a treat for them. Good for them. Um, but yeah, I might have to get a commitment out of you to come see this tournament as well within the next couple of years. Um, Don't talk to me about traveling right now. The thought of it. Makes yeah, me yeah, mad. I know. Well, we'll get you past it. Um, <laughs> all right. Do you want to talk about what happened? Yeah, let's let's do a walkthrough for the people. Okay. Um, let's see. So, Sean, you had Jason Day, 45th. Tommy Fleetwood missed the cut at 68th. Xander at 19 and Shane Lowry at 19. That puts you at 37.85 place. I had Keegan Bradley, who won the tournament. <laughs> Patrick yeah. Cantlay, who finished 4th. Tony Finau, who finished 45th. And Minwoo Lee, who finished 9th. I was very close if it wasn't for our boy Top 5 Tony finishing pretty high up there at breaking top 10 across the board. I was at 14.75, and I got a second point out of it because one of my guys won, although Patrick Cantley was my designated winner. I am up 12 to 8. Um, yeah, I'm You're starting, starting to get some separation here, Pat. Yeah, yeah. We're coming, we're coming down the bend here to the end of the season and I just crack the whip a couple times or whatever jockeys do on the horse. And I'm a couple <laughs> lengths ahead of you now. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had to be golf is my thing and it's not, it's becoming your thing, but first year I should kick your ass. You should. There's no doubt about it. And, and, but you know, i I was hang, I was holding my own for a little bit, but no, my picks have been dog shit over the last uh, over the last couple weeks. Shout out to one of my favorite players, Zach Blair, who is on a medical whatever it is, and he just basically needs to do a little bit better than make the cut this week at the Rocket Mortgage, and he'll get full tour status back. Had he finished solo second as opposed to tied for second, he would have gotten it on the other one, but. I was really rooting hard for Cantlay, who choked it up, and uh, was it Brian Harmon? I don't remember who the other guy was, but they finished tied for second, so shout out to him. Uh, Keegan, he put one in the water, I want to say on like 14, I don't know, it was it was on the back nine, and ever since then, he was pretty much doing everything in his power to choke this, um, to choke this championship, whatever you want to call it, away. But he had a six-stroke six lead. There, that was not going to happen. And honestly, in my opinion, the only guy that I think could have given him a run for his money because he was playing really well, I think he ended up shooting a 61, was Patrick Cantlay. But he proceeded to, I believe, go bogey-bogey uh, par on the last three, something like that. Just classic Patrick Cantlay, 5 o'clock hitter. Um, 
<laughs> the lights got a little bright there for him, and he choked it up. Even in, even in Cromwell, Connecticut, they got a little bright. Yeah, well, you know, it got to winning time, and he said, no, 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 I'll just take my fourth place check, thank you. <laughs> Did you watch any of this tournament, or was it just too much going on this weekend? Too much going on, man. I didn't watch a second. I hear you. Well, we tweeted out our picks. They are up on our Twitter, at Sorry Sports, for any of those who want to give us a follow. Um, so this week you have Ricky, Tony, Colin, and Max winning in Detroit. And I have, uh, who the hell? Are they? Oh, Ash K, blah, however you say his name. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, yep. Cameron Champ, Harry English, and Justin <coughs> Thomas winning. Hey. This week, he he posted a pr- couple pretty good rounds um, during uh, during TPC, and this is uh, this is another course where I feel like he could he could go low at. Um, you're looking pretty good. You got Colin tied tenth. Who else? You got Ricky fourteenth. I don't see any of my guys near the leaderboard. This is not good for me. Yeah, I'm um, going down it right now. Cameron Champ twenty fifth. Um. Oh God! <laughs> Woof. Yeah, Cam- I mean, even, I was considering Max. He's T thirty nine. Yeah. Hey, another day, another dollar. They they still got another day to make the cut, but yeah, I haven't seen. Did I look for Harry English? I don't know, but regardless, we'll we'll talk about this next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it Monday. It's not important. Now we're not doing a fucking major recap. It's the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Yeah. What are we, three weeks away from the Open? Four weeks? Something like that, man. Um, yeah. Any early picks? Any early predictions? I mean, right now, if I were to, if I were to handicap a pick, I feel really good about Rory. Ooh, I was going to say Rory, too. It just feels like, feels like he's down and out, and it would just be amazing to see him on Sunday. Another guy I could, I could easily see, you know, doubling up a little bit is... Uh, Mr. Cam, uh, Mr. Cam Smith. Okay. I think, I think we haven't heard the name John Rahm in a while. Yeah. And he's got to be lurking, fuming. You know, his blood runs a little hot. Oh yeah. And you know, he's a little closer to home. He's overseas. So I I wonder, I always wonder about those courses over there and how, how different they are comparatively to a lot of the majors that we see over here. I think because they're going to be in Liverpool. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, don't, I don't know anything about that course. Link style, firm and fast. You know, the ball's played on the ground. The, the, what I've been told, because listen, I've never been overseas, is over here, the ball is played in the air. It's hit the ball, it goes in the air, and then it stops. There, the shot isn't done until the ball stops moving because it's played on the ground. Mm. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I'll let you know when I get over there once we get a couple sponsors yeah. here. We'll get that scouting report firsthand. Yeah. All right, man. We we've talked enough bullshit sports. Let's hear let's hear the <laughs> weekend. Let's hear about it. It was crazy, bro. So uh first off my flight on Thursday um took off two hours later than it was supposed to. Um Which I in the grand select- scheme of things is not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, but um this car service is um that my mom had scheduled. I was supposed to get a pickup with my cousin who was coming in as well. But because my flight got delayed, like I didn't want to make them wait. So I didn't get into like 1130 almost a little after that. And then 
you know, a drive down to Richfield, um, then drove up to the venue or to the hotel on Friday afternoon, got ready. We had the rehearsal dinner, uh, met a lot of, uh, my brother's now wife, wife's, uh, family. Uh, they have a huge family, dude. Just so many people. My head was on a swivel. How many, how many time. people were in this wedding? Cause you have to shake hands and kiss babies. You're the best man. Yeah, man, it was a lot. So, oh, as far as in the wedding, I can't even remember. I think there was seven, seven bridesmaids slash maid wow. of honor, seven, seven of us. That's big. Uh, time. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty. How many, how many people were at the wedding though? One hundred fifty. Okay, they can't right. that. That's about so, what so, we're shooting for. Yeah, it's a good size wedding, man. You know why? Because it's it's not overwhelming. Yes, it's like it's a good amount of people, but it's not like holy shit. I'm not I, I, like you're going to be able everybody you want to meet everybody you want to say hi to you'll be able to do that with a wedding that size so I think you yeah. would be that's kind of like the perfect zone for you and Michaela yeah we're looking at like 125 to 150 I mean we're, it's we're not fucking you know Prince Harry or whatever like we don't need to have you know everybody come kiss the ring if I don't if I haven't right. spoken to you fuck off sorry and so, and so many of them too like there were a lot of friends but there's also a lot of extended family i mean casey's family's out of the chicago area and then some in connecticut so there's a lot of a lot of folks from that have made the move and then or made the trip rather and then our family was scattered we had some folks out uh in the pacific northwest i came from texas obviously uh cousin of denver uh a lot of folks from florida so uh, it was a pretty it, it was pretty good and everybody was trickling in late um but yeah, had the rehearsal dinner, met the family, very nice people, everybody in her family. Like I truly, I know people say that, but like everybody was wonderful. Met a lot of, a lot of good folks. Um, and then there was just this meet and greet at the hotel bar. Um, Cause again, everybody was just trickling in at different times. So it was just a good meeting point where everybody could just have some drinks and food and just, you know, catch up. So that was good. Saturday, obviously getting ready for the wedding, head over to the venue lot of pictures man a lot of pictures but the biggest thing was the weather held up for the ceremony because it was like raining all weekend it was outside so yeah so they got that 20 minute window it was really short um i find this really funny like i'd never been a best band before obviously but you know my responsibility was holding the rings right Uh uh-oh giving them to the officiate the officiant and did they have a friend by the way officiate or was it like a random it was somebody it was actually the uh yeah, it was the DJ, but he he's has his license too, and they really liked him. So it was like, oh, okay, perfect. So that worked out. I, they didn't have to pay two different people. Um, <laughs> True. But, so that worked out well. But uh, no, it was like I held them in my in my suit pocket, and then just gave them to him when I was done, like when it, when I was asked to, and everything was fine. And people were like congratulate you, like great job. And I'm like, what is this like? I've never heard of that being a thing. Like they're talking to you like you're the ring bearer, like you're four. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like, it was just kind of like, uh, like very strange to me. Uh, how everybody like says like, oh, you did a great job. I'm like, I handed a pouch with two rings to the person. That's not a very <laughs> difficult task here. Um, but hey, maybe there's been a lot of horror stories. Who knows? Um, so anyway, that went off without a hitch. Had the uh, the cocktail hour, which was nice, uh, indoors, and then it was uh, it was reception time, and the Did you get banged up. 
Fuck no, man. I was very, I was good. I was uh, Connor. <laughs> good boy. My brother. He was a wreck, man, as far as emotionally. So they did their vows secretly or, or like privately, I should say, like with uh, like before the wedding. Hmm. So they didn't want to do it like at the altar. So something to think uh, about. Yeah, it, and Connor said it was really nice. Like they got to just see each other and give them. But he came out of there, man. Like he was broken, man. He was crying. He's like, she just looks so beautiful. Like, I say it's it's happy tears. It's it's very, but, and he's not like I never see him cry. But he was he was emotional. I think it was really hitting him just the the moment. So I'm looking forward to seeing you with your tears. Uh, <laughs> when, when when you get, when your moment comes with Michaela next year. So I'm excited. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, it definitely gets you. Like I was holding when I when they were, you know, took each other's hands at the at the altar. That was definitely like wow. Like this is this is legit. You see, you know, family members crying, happy tears. It kind of gets you. But no, I didn't get banged up at all. I made sure he was good. I made sure none of his dumbass friends were doing anything stupid. But they were all fine. I liked his crew. And then um, yeah, I gave my speech second and. Was nervous about it, but I guess I landed the plane. I kind of like blacked out, honestly. Like I know exactly mm-hmm. what I was like. I I had rehearsed it so many times, or a version of it, and I kind I really don't remember giving it at all. Like, it do you want to read us that. the speech, or should we save that for our Patreon pod? Let's save that for the Patreon pod. I'm not giving the shit out for free and giving all of this. People are going to take it, and I'm not going to get any credit. <laughs> um, but no, it was good. Everybody said it was great. Um, so that's all that matters. And Connor and Casey endorsed it. So that's all that matters. And then then I got banged up, brother. I got fucked go. up at that reception. <laughs> I woke up Sunday like it was I, – I don't do that. I don't drink like that. I was dancing like a fool with all the family and friends. And it was just – it was a great time, though. Everybody was happy. And uh, it was just a great time. Stressful uh, for all the good reasons. Obviously, you got to be on. You don't really – I wouldn't call it a vacation, but it was, it was just great. And then had family Sunday and then my plan was to leave Monday, but, uh, that didn't happen. No. Um, well, that explains to everybody. You had to wait until an hour and 15 minutes in you landed today. I landed today. Um, (laughs) Monday evening. So my flight was supposed to be at five, by the way. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shit on American Airlines right now. Okay, oh, by all for, means, particularly the New York City JFK Airport. So, I had never been in that terminal before. I always try to fly either Delta or JetBlue. They're the best, in my opinion. I've had almost no issues, and whenever I have, it gets rectified so fast that I forget whether I even had a problem or not. So, I'm getting the notifications already that morning. Up oh, your push back to six oh you're pushed back to 7 30 okay there's obviously storms in the area so i'm like i don't want this to linger finally i i walked through dude the tsa line at that fuck now i know i should get pre-checked for how much i fly but i've been lazy and i don't do it usually <laughs> i don't have a problem we'll get that I'm standing as a sponsor in line at tsa for an hour and 15 minutes to go through this fucking rigmarole i'm worried that i'm gonna miss my flight ha 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 I sit down. They can't find a captain. They can't find a captain to to, to get us off of the fucking tarmac. So like a like point, a pilot. Yeah. So they're Why trying to fly? find one. 
They're trying to reroute. What'd she say? So why didn't you fly? You kind of look like a pilot. You could be a pilot. Do I? I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. But no, it's, um, it's good. You give pilot vibes sometimes. You know, I can't do it because I'm colorblind, so I wouldn't even pass the test. I didn't even know that. I yeah. I think I knew I'm that. Col- yeah, I'm colorblind, so I, I have no shot. Well, I know your next gift. I'm going to get you those glasses, but go on. <laughs> I've got my glasses uh, down here when I drive at night. I really am an old man. Um, but it's so... We're like, okay, well, where's the captain? This can't be that hard. They're trying to reroute them, or I like, get one from a rerouted plane, but there's bad area throughout the Northeast, so all of these planes have been either delayed or canceled or what have you. So they tell us now it's not going to go off until 9.30. I'm like, this was supposed to take off at 5, first you fuckers. So they're like, we'll keep you posted. If it doesn't take off by 9.30, there's not going to be a flight. So I'm now making contingency plans. I'm like, I'm supposed to work that next day. I'm like, do I text my boss yet? Do I not? See what happens. Do I tell my parents no? Long story short, 9.30 comes. They're ready to board us. Prior to that, by the way, here's the real kicker. They're like, sorry for the inconvenience. Here's a $12 meal voucher for one of the nearby restaurants, of which there are none. In that godforsaken American Airlines terminal at JFK, I didn't even want it. I was like, I'd rather starve out of principle. Twelve bucks? What does that buy me? A half a burger? <laughs> Probably not. Place? Probably yeah, a bag I'm of like, chips. Fuck, fuck you. So I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. Get on the plane. We start moving. I'm like, okay. Pilot says we're they call that you know, taxiing. Yeah, a little bumpy ride. Okay, fine. We're taxiing here. We just move around. I pass out for like 20 minutes. Wait, like, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, when, when, uh, taxiing means you got towed to the to like the, the launch pad or whatever they call it. Were you in the air? No, we weren't in the air. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so we yeah. Just, we, yeah, we were just moving around. So I thought we had taken off. We hadn't. And I'm like, what's going on? At this point, I look at my phone. It's like 1040. And then right after that, the pilot comes on. It's like, hey. Uh, we haven't been cleared for takeoff because of bad storms on the route. I was like, yeah, I know. We all have known this. He doesn't have like, ways? He can't like take a different route? This isn't a pop-up storm, bro. <laughs> like This has been in the area. And if you look all throughout the route that takes you like through Philly, D.C., down into you know the states to get to Texas, it, it storms all over the place. I'm like, you couldn't have told us at fucking five o'clock this plane's not taking off, or at least at seven thirty when they're like, if it's not nine thirty, it's never. So we sit on this thing. I kid you not, for three hours. Oh my god! Because they wanted to give every single chance to take off, even though it's like you you can't do that. We know you're not going to leave. And then so I they don't know who, plane. I don't know who sets up like the process of whatever. It's awful. But. I mean, it's like, I swear to God, they're like fucking NBA teams that don't want to say they're trading guys, like you said. Like, they don't want to say it's canceled. <laughs> it's it, a great analogy. It's like, it's, like, it's like, you're just going to sit here, you're going to make everyone so angry for six, I would so much rather them just be like, yeah, it's not happening today, go home. Right, and, and at that point, too, I'm like, well... At least at that point, I can start making my contingency plans. I can't do that if you're telling us we're going to take off. I, so... I text my boss. I'm like, hey, whether whether we're taking off or not, I don't know. But I'm not getting in until at least 3 a.m. 
central time. Like I would need a personal day. Like I'm not going to make it in today. So, or tomorrow. An hour passes. They tell us to plane and get off the plane. So what is it like midnight? It's midnight. It's 12.04 AM. <laughs> um, they're then I'm trying to, they're like, well, we'll work with you to find a, a, a next flight. Cause I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be out of here today. Like I don't, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm not really planning on doing anything. And I need to go to work because I had used my PTO days. So any day I'm not going into work, they basically count as sick days where you don't get paid if you go into work. So if you don't go into work. So I'm like, well, fuck this. Like, like you got to be kidding me. There were no flights the next two days unless somehow, some way, I wanted to take like a 16-hour flight, have two seven-hour layovers, and pay like $1,400. I was looking at flights from Westchester, from Kennedy, from LaGuardia, from Hartford. Like, none of them made sense because the planes that were already full, obviously, I couldn't get on. And then the other ones are already going to be canceled because of this fucking weather that had been going on up there. So, like, none of these flights to Austin. There were no flights, dude, in the metropolitan area airports. Newark, too. I didn't mention that shithole. For... There were no flights to Austin for like two days. Do you ever think about going to Philly? Like just taking an Amtrak there? No. So what I started doing then was I was like, okay, like maybe I'll fly into Dallas or San Antonio and rent a car and, and, and drive to tech, drive to Austin and do that. But again, they weren't doing any flights there either because of the path and the weather pattern. So I was finally, I was, I just laid there. I was tried calling my dad and, uh, I spent like five hours at the JFK airport baggage claim and he was able to come get me fortunately because my brother and his wife are on their honeymoon and they're staying in Ridgefield house sitting for them with the cats. Uh, well, so, you know, worst case scenario, it goes without saying you could have given the boy call, a call. Dude, honestly, I got close. Like if my, if my dad couldn't come get me, I was like, Hey man, I'll go to work with you for the day. I don't care, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sitting in this. You could have given me place. a call, man. I, I know. There's a bedroom point, waiting for you. You would have just had to pet the cat. Yeah, at that point, it was pushing 1.30 in the morning, and I'm like, I'm not doing that to this poor guy. Um, oh, I would have. I just call terrible. me twice because I'm on Do Not Disturb if this ever yeah, happens. Yeah, as, as you should be. But no, my dad came through, uh, got me. I spent two more days. We finally were able to book the flight today, um, which was a nonstop at 7.10 in the morning to Austin. Uh, but I had to miss today of work because I was supposed to open and I couldn't get a switch, which honestly worked out very well because I came back here and just crashed. Um, I bet you did. The last bit of energy I've spent was is doing this pod with you, which I was very much looking forward to and didn't want to skip. So uh, if you could if you could have physically done it, I was all in. But yeah, man, just you know, there was some personal stuff going on um, with my family the last couple of days too. Not not all bad, but just you know, a lot going on. So yeah, you kind of worked out that I was able to get more time with them. Um, like my grandmother's moving into her last, to this last place, this last ha- new housing. So I was able to kind of assist with that. Uh, my dad lost a friend, um, he oh, got the, music, the day after the wedding. Um, so, you know, to be able to be there for him and just spend some quality time with him to take his mind off it, I think was, was advantageous and, and good for him. So, um, it all kind of worked out even though I got screwed, but 
travel, man, I, I went a long time without any issues. I, I don't know what it is with my travels and weddings, but it has been a fucking, it's been an abject disaster the last couple times. So, uh, I don't want to go anywhere anytime soon. And if you're traveling, I really hope you have much more success than I have. Well, as you know, I have had a lack of success in the past. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I what think was it, the Carolina, was it the Carolina trip last year? No, it was a Florida trip a couple years ago when I got stuck at uh, Westchester. Um, But I don't know. You might have taken the cake from me. I'm not quite sure. Again, like, I just don't know how they they don't have that transparency. Like, yes, we're all going to be disappointed if the flight's canceled, but we're all going to be a lot less disappointed at 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon than we are at midnight. Yep. (laughs) Now, it's... Unfortunately, we can't live without them, so we're fucked. Exactly. Uh, but I feel like it has gotten worse. I feel like it has gotten worse. And in terms of customer service and... You think COVID everything. made them worse? Just like... I, it might be. Firings and people, you know, not traveling and then hiring shitty people for cheap? I don't know. I don't know. Because, again, it's like, listen, I your major companies, like, I don't expect you to worry about the individual, yeah. but, like... The fact that you can spit in our face like that, like several times over, and just expect us to to just deal with it, like, come on, man, you got to be better than that. I mean, your customer service industry—it's kind of a joke. Oh, it's a fucking. I, I literally walked off the plane, and I said to the like the stewardess, the captain, every everybody, I was like, ineptitude across the board, and I just kept walking. <laughs> Because I was like, you just can't. You I, just can't I do feel that. for I do feel for some of the people because it's like it's not their call. They're just no, the people it's not that their call. you know. It's like it's like when you're at work and some boss's boss makes a decision that people don't like and they just say fuck you and it's like, well, it's not really my call, but I'll yeah. take it because I'm here. It, it don't don't shoot the messenger, but you also are the messenger, and we can't talk to the people in charge. So. Again, we just want to know what's going on. At the end of the day, like I'll deal with any swing of emotions, but the worst emotion is is not knowing, and you have that apprehensive nervousness, you know? Well, yeah, because although from everyone I've spoken to, including you on this trip, it doesn't ever seem to take off, but you always you always stick around just in case, but it never fucking happens. So maybe, maybe we can learn from this and just realize, all right, screw this. I'm out of here. Well, because the only other time this happened to me was last year trying to go to D.C. for the wedding and the the back door wouldn't shut all the way. And I was like, this is not a five minute fix. Like the door either shuts or it doesn't. Ah, duct tape. So, so like, OK, yeah, if we lose a couple kids in the back, fine. But, you know, you, you should be you're going to live with that lawsuit. Um, Where were you sitting, though? I was like middle front. Yeah, I would so. have been fucking with them. I'm like, oh, the back door doesn't shut, but I'm up here, so let's let's get this yeah, thing man. fired up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I paid good price for these seats. Um, but no, it's it's just again, it's like you're fucking with us big time. Just tell us the deal and move on. If these are not problems that are going to change, like the weather not is not immediately going to just disappear and be like, oh, by the way, we got an easy flight coming out. So, well. That does suck, but it sounds like you had a pretty solid weekend outside of that. It was great, man. It was, like I said, I wouldn't call it a vacation, but the biggest thing was was family was there. It was a joyous time. Connor yep. and Casey are married. and uh, Congratulations to Connor and Casey. I wish, so you, uh, I, got, I wish them a long lifetime of health and happiness. 
Look at you. That's so kind of you. Um, you. I got Frenchie's wedding in October. (sighs) And then I got yours. And then I got yours. You got a you got a year from Frenchie's wedding to prepare. So I know I can't. I am so happy that you're the only one on the docket for 2024, man. I cannot tell you. It's still early. Don't don't jinx me, bro. <laughs> Listen, man. Well, we're Frenchie's. Was there I'm anything assuming... that happened with you? I feel like I'm taking the spotlight. No, no. You had an you eventful weekend, week? and I didn't. I had a sick weekend. Uh, Saturday, I played golf in Norwalk, um, but. By myself, played a little, played a little nine holer by myself. Uh, discovered an amazing course. Um, oh yeah, whereabouts? Or are you trying to keep that a secret? No, no, no. I'm, it's called Longshore. It's a public track, Muni in Norwalk or okay. Westport, one or the other. It's amazing. It's right on the water. But unfortunately, I mean, I only got on there because it was a five o'clock tea time, and I walked like it was a twilight round. I've I've checked every day since, and those tea times definitely get scooped up by the member residents that I don't even have a chance to get them. Um, but that course <laughs> is amazing. That's awesome, man. You yeah, got right you gotta, on the water. Yeah, that's that sounds beautiful. I will tell you, I mean – I know the air quality still isn't great up there, but it was it was nice to be able to have a little bit of that just you know nice little nice little respite from from the hot southwest. I hear that it's it's a good thing you got the hell out of there the hell out of here today because it was humid as hell. Yeah, what day was it? I think it was actually Saturday. I think it was the wedding day. Uh, like the sunglasses just fogged as soon as you were outside. Yeah, I mean that's it doesn't happen like that down there, right? Not in Austin. It, it does. Yeah, Houston and and more of the Gulf, like that area, gets really fucking bad. I could never, I could never live there. No, uh, it's just because of the strip clubs. It's just a little wet down there. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's why you just gotta. That's why you just gotta go enjoy for a night or two and then head on back. Yeah, but yeah, uneventful weekend for me. I spent most of Sunday on the couch. Um. And then, yeah, you got anything good planned for 4th of July? You're probably only going to be traveling via car, I'm going to guess. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's a Tuesday this, this year. So I took off Monday. Week, I'm not doing that. Good for you. So what are you guys doing? Because I got no plans. I don't, really, I don't really care if I do anything or not. What about you? Saturday I'm golfing. Sunday I might play nine with my buddy, and then we may go to the beach with the uh, significant others, but I don't know, man, we're going to have to see because it's, the weather's not looking great for the entire weekend. So we'll see. Well, uh, if we can fit in a time to record with all the free agency and trades coming, we might I don't have think to we have a, choice. a little bit, but, uh, at any event, I do hope you enjoy yourselves and the weather holds up for you guys. Thank you, sir. Well, Listen, you need to get to bed because I'm sure you haven't gotten any good sleep in a while. So go get to sleep. Um, I'm glad you made it back safe. I'm sure you were a great best man. And again, congratulations to your family and, you know, the the lovely bride and groom. I appreciate the kind words. By the way, where'd uh, they go to their honeymoon? Hawaii, they're right? In Cura- they're in Curacao. Not Hawaii. Curacao. Yeah. That's... I don't know the whole reason. I didn't ask. Are they scouting hear- baseball players there? You know, I heard the next Didi is somewhere around there, uh, or Andrew Ben Simmons. But no, I, I guess they ha- they found a great resort that's all inclusive, all that. So. Hey, to each their own. Probably not my first choice, but to each their own. Yeah, they like bounced around like four different ideas. So I actually didn't even know until this weekend where they were going. 
I thought it was Hawaii too. Was like, you could have given me ten million guesses, and I wouldn't have guessed Curacao. Right there with you, bro. I had to like double check. With <laughs> what did you me. say? What? I was like, what? <laughs> well, well. Curacao. I don't know anything about it. Well, kudos to him. But yes, thank you for the kind words, man. I was really looking forward to talking to you today. Glad we got this pot in. I'm glad you're start- starting to feel better. And everybody, enjoy your 4th of July weekend, uh, but we'll be back soon. Yes, everybody, enjoy. Enjoy.